Welcome to the 30th edition of the Traveling to Radio Show. My name is Friedel and this is a podcast all about bike touring and bike culture. our guest on this Christmas podcast, telling us all about a bike trip with his family on the fabulous Kettle Valley Rail Trail in British Columbia. It goes over high trestle bridges and through canyons. We'll also tell you about a new bike wheel that captures kinetic energy to help power you along. And seven cyclists in Holland give us recommendations for where to tour next. time of year again and if you're anywhere in the northern hemisphere then chances are the weather is a bit like here in Holland that is to say bitterly cold and snowy I've amazed even myself by biking to work this week in high heels and in a skirt no less but it did mean losing feeling in my legs for a good 15 minutes after I got to the office all in all the cold weather is hardly ideal for bike touring but it's never too cold to dream which is exactly what we're doing this week First up on the dream list, and maybe your Christmas list for next year, is a new bicycle wheel developed by the scientists at MIT. It's just a prototype at the moment, but the technology in the wheel is tantalizing. It can capture your kinetic energy every time you brake, saving it for the next time you're going up a hill. And if your bike is stolen, then the bike will send you a text message telling where it is. The catch is that there's little information on just how much this wheel weighs or what it's going to cost. Will it be $500, $1,000? It's not exactly aimed at bike tourists, more at encouraging people to take up bike commuting. But it does make you wonder, what might they build into a roll-off hub one day? The other story I wanted to share with you this week is maybe not so much dreaming, but imagining. Just imagine going touring on a 140-pound bike. And to give you an idea, our touring bikes weigh about 30 pounds. And then imagine going touring on that 140-pound bike with your dog all around the USA. And by the way, the 140-pound bike is the lightweight in this trip because it's a replacement for a 700-pound one. It fills me with admiration and incredulity for Sean Robinson, who's making the trip with his dog Cooper. You can read all about it at rickshawusa.blogspot.com. I'll put links to both of those stories in the show notes. Next up, we're off to Seattle for a chat with Mike Kearsley a bike commuter and a bike tourist, who spent last year's summer holiday riding part of the Kettle Valley Rail Trail in British Columbia. Since the train stopped running, this trail has become one of Canada's biggest biking attractions. It's all off-road with high trestles and amazing scenery. And this interview starts with Mike explaining a bit about the trail and the section he and his family rode, the Carmine Subdivision. The Kettle Valley Railroad is a part, was part of the Trans-Canadian Railroad, and it's a, a section of, of trail that is about 600 kilometers. We just did a very short section of the trail, about 215 kilometers, called, called the Carmai Subdivision. And, and that trail starts in Midway, British Columbia, and it ends in Penticton, British Columbia. We took six days to do the, the journey, fully, fully loaded. And how did you actually come to find out about this trail? How did you zero in on this? Because there are so many great trails in the States as well. Was there a particular reason why you decided to go up to British Columbia and do this ride? Well, we've, we live in the Seattle metro area, and we've, we've been up into British Columbia quite a few times for our vacations. And 
I've always enjoyed British Columbia. And uh, one thing that I really, when I when I found about this trail, there's no cars, of course, on this trail, and it's a very safe and uh, there's very good sections of this trail that uh, would make a, a very good five or six day bike tour. So, and also there was a very good video on YouTube that, that did this section of the trail called the Carmi Subdivision that uh, was just very well done and it had a map on the video and it, I could I could very easily understand what uh, what this trail was all about and that it seemed like we could do it quite easily. So did it take a lot of planning or was it pretty much just pack the car up and go or did you buy a guidebook? How did you get ready for the trip? Yeah, we, we bought, bought a guidebook. There's a very good guidebook. It's called uh, Cycling the Kettle Valley and it's by Dan and Sandra Lanford. On page uh, 40 of this book, it, it starts in the Carmi subdivision. And yeah, I studied it quite a bit. I also called up the uh, Penticton Visitor Information Center quite a few times to find out additional information on the trail and the conditions and the supplies along the trail. What other kind of equipment did you take with you for this trip? Because you said it's quite rugged. So were you taking camping gear with you or were you staying in hotels or? Yeah, we were, we were fully touring. We had, uh, we had quite a lot of water supplies. I was carrying about 10 gallons of water, a clean stove and fuel and, and this tents, sleeping bag, bags and air mattresses. Uh, yeah, we were fully, fully anticipating to camp along the trail, not stay in uh, bed and breakfasts. There's not very many bed and brex- breakfasts, incidentally, along this trail. There's very few, uh, few of that. But you have formal campgrounds or were you wild camping along the way? Yeah, there are uh, very nice provincial campgrounds in British Columbia along this trail, but they're not they're not set up to have a lot of times they don't have uh, potable water, but they're they're very nice organized campgrounds. They have uh, places to pitch a tent and, and a place to make a fire and very safe and secure. They they go about they, they go for about $10 a night to camp in these campgrounds. Quite reasonable. Okay, but you said there was no potable water, so were you, was a water filter part of the things that you had in your trailer? or? Well, we, we probably should have taken a water filter. We didn't, uh, so, so that's why I was ending up to carry a fair amount of water. There, at the start of the trip, the first night we got, got water, the second night we got water, but there was a, a section of about four days where we needed to carry most of our water. It sounds almost like a very tough journey to do with family or with a, a child especially. Did your daughter adapt to it quite well? or The first day was a little tough. There was some complaints about a sore uh, rear from, from Katrina, and uh, toward the end of the day we were getting bit by mosquitoes and it wasn't incredibly tough but we we lucked out we had we had very good weather on the journey i think i think after about 2 days katrina really settled in and uh, she began to like the trip quite a bit and we we seemed to do quite well after about the second day did she think that she could do this when when you started out this trip or did you notice a change in her from the beginning of the trip or maybe just pre-trip to the end i think i think katrina thought that she could do it and i i and I, we were, I was explaining to her, it's not, it's not that far, but uh, I think at the, toward about the five or six hour of the first day when we were starting to get bit by mosquitoes, Katrina was having a little bit of a hard time. She was, uh, I could see a little tear in her eye. And, and so, but, but it, it, it just got, direct, it got incredibly better from then on. And, and so, yeah, I think she, I think she grew a lot as a result of this trip. And was that almost the only bad thing about the trip, the mosquitoes? Well, probably it was, yeah. We had, we had incredibly good weather on this trip, although the first night that we, we got to Midway, it was raining really, really hard, and so we decided to uh, stay in a, in a motel in Midway, and, uh, and that, was, that was quite nice. Uh, 
but no, we, we really lucked out on the weather and, uh, you know, and we, we didn't have incredibly good rain, rain gear. So yeah, we could have got, we could have got stuck a little bit with the weather. Well, if the mosquitoes were the uh, worst thing on your bicycle trip, then I think you probably had a pretty good trip, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was absolutely wonderful. And you were saying that you didn't go too far each day. You deliberately paced yourself. Well, I thought, I thought when I had planned the trip that we could do the trip in five days, but uh, as it turned out, about 40 kilometers a day is about all we could do. This, we, were, we were quite heavy. I had the dog in the front, and I had a fully loaded burly trailer, and, uh, and, and parts of the trail are a little bit sandy, and there's, there's areas where the grass is a little bit high. It's a very good trail, but, uh, but yeah, 40, 40 kilometers for an 11-year-old, is, I think, is plenty, and we, I think we hit it about right at about that, about that distance per day, my daughter. This part of Canada in, in British Columbia is known for being particularly scenic. Can you describe some of the scenery that you saw as you were riding your bike along? Yeah, to start, to start the trail in, in Midway, it's just incredibly beautiful. You're, you're biking along the Kettle Valley River, and it's, uh, it's, very, uh, it's just very flat for the first day. There's, it's very farming. There's a lot of farmer's fields that uh, you go through, and you open the gate, and you take your bicycles through, and there's... There's uh, cattle and horses, and then you close the gate, and uh, and and so yeah, it's just it's just a very beautiful, very beautiful part of the world, uh, very rural. The first three or four days of the trail until we got to the Myra Canyon, we probably only saw three three or four bikers or, or teams of, of bikes per day. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh, bicycle riders that are making the journey from uh, Midway up to an area called uh, Lake McCulloch. It's, it's really beautiful. That whole trail is, is uh, that whole Kettle Valley Railroad Trail is, is kind of carved out of the, uh, the mountains and, uh, and there's parts of the trail that they, they, cut, uh, they cut the mountains and if they can't cut the mountains, they'll, they'll make a tunnel. And then did you get to some of those fabulous high railway bridges? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of one of the highlights of this area called the Carmine Subdivision. That's that's in the Myra Canyon, and that's just south of uh, Kelowna, BC. And there's about 20 or 25 very substantial railroad trestles that they've taken the uh, railroad tracks and, and put uh, just flat surfaces for bikers. Very, very uh, spectacular. Yeah, they, there was a big fire in in the Myra in 2003, and it destroyed the uh, the trestles. And the Canadian government has rebuilt those trestles, and they reopened them to to bicyclists in 2007. So They've only been back open a, a couple of years, so yeah, it's incredibly scenic. A lot of people from Kelowna come up and uh, from Penticton come up and, and do day rides in, in the Myra. Looking back on it, what do you think the highlight of the trip was for you? Can you pick out one moment when you said, wow, this is wonderful, I'm so glad I came? The first evening was probably the neatest part of the trip. There's a, there's a free bicycle rest campground in Rhone, 40 kilometers from Midway, and it's run by a guy by the name of Paul Letards, and he's a guy in his late 80s, and he's just an incredible, genuine, and, and giving person. And he has a he has an area where you can camp free. He provides free water. He also had built a, a caboose, and we were lucky enough to knock on his door, and he let us stay in the uh, caboose the, our first night out camping, which was which was quite nice. We had, we were kind of a little bit late that that night, and. Uh, we were getting bit by mosquitoes, so it was it was probably 
probably like the highlight of the trip to stay in that guy's caboose. I was lucky enough to spend uh, a couple hours with him the, the next morning, and, and he told me the story of the uh, Trans-Canadian Railroad, and uh, he also told me a story about how as a child he, he worked for a farmer for three years to buy a bicycle. He said he, he got paid uh, about seven cents uh, an hour, and, and over a period of three years he he saved up enough money to uh, to buy a bicycle. You'd really value that bicycle after you bought it, wouldn't you? Yeah. What other highlights did you have? We just we just really enjoyed uh, the the camping part, the bicycling. Uh, there's there's just a lot of just really beautiful scenic uh, views. You can stop and uh, rest a bit. And uh, one of the the nicest parts was the Myra. But also, as you head down from the Myra Canyon down into Penticton, the grade is. Uh, is going downhill, so probably the last part of the day was was a very nice uh, bicycle journey. It was just a, a wonderful family trip. We we did our we did our own cooking. Uh, yeah, it was it was just a, a very wonderful family uh, experience. What kind of things did you cook? Well, we took a, we took a lot of uh, dried dried fruit. We took figs and dates. We took uh, trail mix uh, with with chocolate in there, and we took. Uh, dried uh, fruit leather. We also took uh, some rice. Uh, we took uh, canned beans. We took some uh, some of the things that you can buy as uh, ready-made uh, food meals where you just add hot water, although we found those those not to be that that tasty. My wife's a very good cook, so she handled the, the food end of things, and uh, she, she did just an incredibly good job. As it turned out, we had we had everything we needed. We did, we did buy a, a few things in one of the towns uh, on the second day out, but uh, we pretty much had everything we need from from the start of the trip. And did you need to carry quite that much food, or could you have stocked up along the way? Well, there's a there's a good store the second night out, and that that's in uh, a town called Beaverdale, uh, and they have they had a very nice general store. But basically, from from Beaverdale all the way to Penticton, which is the next four days, there's not there's not many supplies. Uh, so yeah, you you need to you need to carry a good amount of food on on this particular journey. And if someone wants to go there next summer, what would you recommend to them? What sort of advice do you have for them? Maybe in terms of what they need to take to deal with the spread out areas where they can stock up on supplies or types of equipment. What would you tell people who are thinking of a trip to the Kettle Valley Railway? Well, what I'd for sure do is uh, get get a book on uh, a guidebook on the Kettle Valley Railroad. That one book that I had mentioned, Cycling the Kettle Valley Railroad by Dan and Sandra Langford. Very good book, and it deals with uh, the whole uh, 600 kilometers of that section of the uh, Trans-Canadian Railroad. We didn't have a a bicycle odometer, and that's one thing that I I would definitely uh, have have brought next time. Uh, I think think what you really need is you need uh, just good sturdy bicycles. You don't don't need a a bicycle with a front uh, shock absorber, but Definitely good heavy-duty wheels, good touring wheels, and, and good heavy-duty uh, bicycle tires. I, I run the Schwabli Marathon Plus bicycle tires, and, uh, and just just make sure your bikes are kind of tuned up. have extra tires and tubes and patch kits. And did you have any supplementary maps or just what was in the book? Just what was in the book. On, uh, on page 40 of that book, there's just a very good uh, general map, and then, as you, and then the pages that follow... There's very good kilometer by kilometer maps that uh, show show the section of the trails you you'll be going on. Yeah, it's a very good idea to have have a very good guidebook because parts of the trail 
are not always that well marked, although it is a railroad grade, so you can kind of in general see where the where the trail goes. But uh, sometimes it does go go on a few uh, streets, and there was a couple areas of pasture areas that uh, were a little bit confusing. But uh, do you think it's the kind of thing that if you didn't get that book, could you do the trail, or would it be completely impossible to do without some kind of map or guide? Well, yeah, I think I think you would need you would need a map if you had read the book and you really had a had a good memory and you and you knew all the the places to stay you could you could definitely do it by just kind of asking people and and stumbling along but uh, yeah a guidebook is is definitely definitely needed i think that was mike kearsley ending the interview with thoughts on guidebooks and maps for the kettle valley rail trail and if you want more information on the trail check out the show notes where we've linked to mike's flicker stream of photos and other helpful resources it's almost time now for me to start wrapping Christmas presents, but before I run off to do that, I wanted to play you another short series of thoughts from cyclists. I collected these at the bike touring fair in Rotterdam last month, and this week our cyclists answer the question, where is the best place to ride your bike? Oh, that's a difficult question, of course, because there are so many nice countries to cycle in. Our trip in Thailand was very special, but I also cycle uh, a few days in Madagascar, and I would recommend Madagascar very much because it's a very non-touristic country and it has some cultural uh, interesting places and it also has a lot of nature they're very special animals that, that you can never see in any other country Oregon and Colorado certainly spring to mind as being beautiful places also the Appalachians are just gorgeous I mean especially in the Cumberlands my favorite I think England because of the, in the countryside, all the people are so relaxed. You stop on the corner, and there's an old, always an old man or something like it, and uh, he says, "Are oh, you lost?" And that's that's funny. Because Can I help you? I can always help, and we've been in places uh, with, with old farmers and uh, all that kind of people, and that's just nice. Uh, everyday cycling, I think the Netherlands should be a good uh, one. Um, my trip of the trips, I figure out when we're going to be Alaska to San Francisco. Holland. The roads are the best. Basically the country is boring but the roads are super. Anyway, I, I don't know, it depends on your style. I was in um, Belgium and Luxembourg and I really like going up the hill and then down. Really the, the fast thing, but also the climbing. Yeah, South Switzerland, yeah, the Italian uh, part of uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Cyclists in Rotterdam, with a few suggestions for great places to get out and ride. When it's warmer, that is. Well, that's it for this edition of the Traveling to Bike podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and more than that, I wish you a wonderful holiday season. Take care, enjoy your time off, and we'll be back in 2010 with plenty more to get your bike touring juices flowing.